Moncrief on News Talk. Now then, take a quick listen to this. Low, Northwest Malin, 1002, losing its identity by 1800 Tuesday. New high, expected Biscay, 1019 by the same time. The area forecast for the next 24 hours. Viking, northward zero, southward zero. Southerly or southwesterly, four or five, occasionally six at first, in northward zero. Thundery showers, good, occasionally moderate. 40s, Cromarty, 4th, Tyne, Dogger. It's just so unbelievably reassuring. I I, I could listen to it all day. That is a little bit of the shipping forecast and the music. Isn't the music beautiful? Sailing by by Ronald Binge. Known to many people, but did you know this week marks its 100th anniversary of broadcast on radio? And apart from its essential service to sailors and the shipping community, it also has a cult following from the land-based community. And joining me now is one of those, artist and author Roger O'Reilly. Roger, how are you today? Hi, Tom. It's good to be with you. Hope I brought you to a very happy place. That little clip there from the... <laughs> Absolutely. Great little tune, isn't it? It's a wonderful combination of music and and the tone of the fantastic BBC voice is wonderful as well. And there's a certain putting order on the world about the whole thing that just... It's just a very reassuring thing, isn't it? It's a very reassuring thing. It's also very much become part of our lexicon, I think, you know, with imminence sooner or later and visibility being poor, moderate or good and wind direction, veering and so on. Um, it's one of those things that's uh, just become part of the sort of the, the language background. How did you um, get into it? Well, I, I actually started listening to it um, with my brother uh, when we were uh, young fellows. We were trying to actually get uh, into BBC, listen to BBC Radio at night or Radio Luxembourg, uh, because at the time, you might remember, or he had one station played, as far as I was concerned, it's wailing kind of opera late at night. I can't that. Kaylee music. Um, and, um, and so if you got out your transistor radio underneath the covers of the bed, you could, um, you could tune into, um, to Radio Luxembourg or to the BBC. And as you were going through the dials, you'd often, um, catch the, uh, the shipping forecast. So it was very much kind of a kind of background, um, you know, as, as, as I was growing up. Interestingly, RTE also had their, um, their uh, their shipping forecast um, and you know um, and seascapes their famous um, program sh- shared the same music by ah, Ronald Binge. Very good. So, so that will be familiar to a lot of people who actually listen to RTE as well. Right. I wonder why they went for the same piece of music. Yeah, it's new. I think it, I think it just conjures up images of the sea. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Do we know really where like it, it. how it came how it came about the shipping forecast? Well, I, as far as I know, it was it was uh, created by a guy called Robert Fitzroy, um, who was a naval officer, and he basically was, uh, to all intents and purposes, invented the concept of weather forecasting, basically using you know the data that he had at the moment to predict what might happen in two days' time. Nobody had really thought of doing that before, so he was the guy who was kind of behind it. And I think the first shipping forecast went out sometime in the 1860s. Somebody will be able to correct me on that one. Um, but up until 1923, it mostly went by telegram. So, for instance, the Titanic, who would have had the shipping forecast, would have received it by telegram rather than hearing it on the radio. My word. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing here it was a disaster in October 1859. Um, a Royal Charter steam clipper got caught in a storm. 450 people lost their lives. My word. Incredible. Yeah. And it was on the strength of that that it started in the uh, ones by Telegram and then it went to Telegraph, then it went to uh, the radio one from the Air Ministry Station in London. But what was it appealing to you? I mean, you you were in Boyne, weren't you? Yeah, I, I grew up in, in Bettystown, just outside Drogheda. And, um, and within sight, pretty much of our house, or my bedroom window was uh, Rockabout up in Scaries. And especially on a foggy night, I used to remember the rotating light in Rockable, and then you'd see all the ships out on the horizon waiting to come into into Drogheda Port, um, and you'd hear all the the foghorns, and um, and that was very much part. You know, the, the shipping forecast was all kind of part of that of us as an island nation. You know, it was a kind of reassuring voice guiding people into port. I think you know the, the, my interest in lighthouses kind of stemmed from that because they kind of they do a, a similar thing. Um, you know, again, they're kind of a reassuring sort of signal from from shore if you're out at sea, uh, guiding you in. So I, I think that was probably why I kind of uh, particularly gravitate or gravitated towards it. Because you did a book, didn't you, um, illustrating all of the lighthouses of Ireland, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, called the lighthouses of Ireland. Oh, I'm looking at a photograph of it. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a really interesting project, and it led on to I've. I, I, bringing out a book now in, in April called Legendary Lighthouses of Britain. Um, so that basically covers 108 lighthouses, I think it is, around Britain as well. Oh, that sounds so, fascinating. Um, yeah. they, they tell such great stories and they're, you know, they're, they're so isolated and they're so there in storms and everything. They're wonderful uh, buildings. But but the shipping forecast, though, it, it, it kind of puts an order on the world. And the way it has the sea areas divided up into 31 um, areas with these fantastically catchy names, you have to say, as you're sitting there, yeah. you're thinking, where well, are I, these places? Well, that's it. I, I always maintained that, like, I went to a Christian Brothers school, as you can imagine. It was fairly nationalist um, back in the in the 60s and 70s. We weren't taught much about English geography. So I learned my English towns and cities by following the football results. You know, so Queen of the South and Manchester and Ipswich Town and so on, and and for the the coast of Britain, I learned it from the um, from the, the sea forecast. So places like Dogger and Forties and Viking and Fair Isle, all were you know, um, they just sounded like you know magical faraway places. German Bight, um, that I think that was part of that was uh, where um, Hurst and Childers based Riddle and Sands, right? And then of course you had places like Fastnet. And Bailey, and I always thought Bailey referred to the Bailey Lighthouse, but in actual fact, it's almost up at Iceland. Um, and it's named after a guy called uh, Bill Bailey, not the comedian. Um, but I think he was a fisherman from um, from Plymouth or something like that. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so it was a kind of way of getting to know the, 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 the sea around these islands. Uh, and see where we where we fit into it. You, you'd fight when exactly. it finally gets to Fastnet and Irish Sea and Shannon and Rockall and Mallon. You kind of sit forward thinking, oh, they're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. us now. <laughs> exactly, we're home. Yeah, exactly. And that little sense of telling you what the pressure was dropping in these areas, you were just, you got a sense of the world is, is mysterious. Uh, people know what's going on in it and, and where the dangers lie. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I wasn't, I didn't come from a family that had any, anything to do with the sea. Um, and so, so even for me, I didn't kind of understand the implication of, a lot of those forecasts. Uh, but even as a land lover, you know, you kind of appreciated that, um, you know, that there was a kind of science uh, going on here. 
and um, and that certainly for people out on a, on a fishing trawler or somewhere something like that, you know, this was really important, um, and this is why it was said so clearly, um, and you know, yeah. ma- you know, made sure that everybody could understand. Um, I mean, they always said that they they had to put the same emphasis on every single part of the uh, of the broadcast because you never knew who was actually listening to it really, you know, needing to know the information. And it's very precise, isn't it? Something like 350 words. Something like that, yeah. Never goes beyond that. Never 352, around 350 on the nose. And I'm I'm listening, reading some of the text here. I listened to a recording of the shipping forecast on a sleep app to help me get to sleep, says one listener. And another, uh, Paul and Carlo, says, uh, that piece of music sailing by was requested by my father, Gordon, as the final music at his funeral in 2002. It was because his older brother, Peter, unfortunately was killed whilst in the Royal Navy in 1943 on the Atlantic convoys. Always wow. a calming piece of music. What a lovely text. Um, it, it does have strong associations with music too, doesn't it? The shipping forecast? Yeah. It does, yeah. I think Blur um, used it in, in some of their um, recordings. And uh, I think actually, what you call them? Um, oh, that band from Northern Ireland used it, used it as well. Uh, well, I have to say, Glenn Hansard and Falling Slowly, uh, which won an Oscar, I think, is very much based on the shipping forecast. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, the temperatures falling slowly, or the or the pressure falling slowly, exactly. Uh, where it come from. Uh, one of the current readers of the Shipping Forecast on BBC Radio 4 is an Irish guy called Al Ryan, and believe it or not, he's saying he signs off by saying "Ihawa." My <laughs> word, how does he get away with that? There's a turn for you. So listen, in the world of GPS, is the shipping forecast under any kind of threat, do we know? I don't think so. I, I, I am, uh, You know, I do, again, going back to the lighthouses, uh, when I start, started investigating the lighthouses, they were already in some ways redundant because um, GPS had taken over. But, um, but so many ship captains will tell you that they, they rely on lighthouses still, um, you know, as a backup. And I would think the weather forecast is really important to anybody, even the, you know, despite GPS, they really need to know what kind of weather they're sailing into. So I think it's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and obviously for coastal communities, they're listening to it too. Yeah. They kind of want to know what's what's going to happen next week. Thank God for that. I mean, a GPS is all very well, but what if there was no GPS? And, and surely in any kind of conflict, it'd be one of the first things to disappear. So, leave Well, anybody who's, who's used GPS to try and navigate across County Clare will know that you, you can end up anywhere um, if that's all you're relying on. You know. I feel a whole other item coming on. I uh, think so, yeah. Suddenly, um, having driven a lot over Christmas, uh, there were times I felt I was driving to people's farmyards uh, to get to some of the major towns in Ireland, is all I will say. Indeed, um, yeah. So the, the shipping forecast with us for a long time. That's good news. Uh, Roger, thanks very much for joining us and the best welcome. of luck with the new book. It sounds great. Thank Look forward to seeing that when it arrives uh, next year. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.